everybody. Welcome to another Rod Talks. I'm excited to be here. You know that? It's been a while. Um, yep, was dealing with my mom's funeral, but that was in the last podcast. We're going to talk about something else today. It's interesting is that even though I've been doing this for a long time, I just feel like I don't know everything and I want to learn every day. And I was trying to figure out this mind thing. You know, how do I quiet my mind? And, and that with all this chatter of my, being around my family and my mom passing away and all the things that I needed to do in my life and what people expected me to do in my life, it has changed me in many ways. So I found this story. It's called The Elephant and the Fly. And it's by Ramez Sassoon. And he writes uh, on success consciousness. And I was really impressed by this story and that. And it reminded me of why I'm searching so hard to find my way, to find, to understand. I mean, I've been doing this for many years and that, but I still haven't figured it all out yet. And it's going to take a lifetime. This is my lifetime work. I'm sure that's what it is. But to get into the story now, the story is about, you know, an elephant and a fly. And the interesting thing about this story is that it has to do with a disciple and his teacher. And that, and as they're talking, and I'm pretty sure that the setting is, is that it's like more like monks or whatever else. But um, it's something that we try to find that peace within. I found part of it through Reiki and that and, and meditation and that, but there's something else to this because we have multiple senses. We have these five senses that we use constantly on a day-to-day basis. And sometimes we wonder, does this actually control us? I don't know. I, I mean, that that's something that I'm still trying to figure out. Does this control me or is, do I control it? So... The story goes, uh, one day a disciple and his teachers was walking through a forest. The disciple was disturbed by the fact that his mind was in constant unrest. He asked his teacher, why must people's mind are restless and the only few possess a calm mind? What can one still his mind? The teacher looked at the disciple and smiled and said, I will tell you a story. He says, on one beautiful day, an elephant was standing by the shade of a tree eating its leaves. Suddenly, a small fly came buzzing and landed on the elephant's ear. The elephant stayed calm and continued to eat, not heeding to the fly at all. Hmm. Love that, won't you? The fly flew around the elephant's ear, buzzing noisily, yet the elephant seemed to be unaffected. This bewildered the fly, and it asked, Are you death? No, the elephant answered, I am not death. Why aren't you bothered by my buzz? The fly asked. The elephant slowly turned, looked at the fly, calmly said, why are you so restless and noisy? Why can't you just stay still just for a few moments? Asked the elephant and peacefully continued eating his leaves. Well, this must have put the fly in some kind of quandary because the fly answered, Everything I see 
hear and feel attracts my attention. All noises and movements around me affect my behavior. Well, that kind of uh, sets the tone of things, you know. Everything I see and hear and feel attracts my attention. We are like that constantly. We walk through this world constantly going, what, 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 what? And we're looking all around trying to find that effectiveness behavior and that and what, what it is. Because this is a survival rate. Why would an elephant not need that type of survival inside him? Well, it's because he's big. Or it's because he's smart. So the fly answered, you know, everything I see, hear, and feel attracts my attention. And all noises and movements around me affect my behavior. So the fly was wondering, just like I am right now, what is your secret? How can you say, stay so calm and still? So the elephant stopped eating and said, my five senses, the senses we have, the five of them, do not disturb my peace because they do not rule my attention. So that's an interesting concept. You start looking at that. The elephant stopped eating and said, my five senses do not disturb my peace because they do not rule my attention. What intention are they talking about? The intention of our life, who we are, and everything else? No, they don't rule it. So that fight or flight that we get within us is not within our senses. It's within us. It's a whole different type of survival technique. Our senses help us understand things around us, but doesn't help us survive. So the elephant goes on, I am in control of my mind and my thoughts. And therefore, I can direct my attention where I want and ignore all disturbances, even including your buzz. So that's an interesting thing because I was told at a very young age because everything bothered me. Loud noises, even the thumping of cars and loud music that has always disturbed me in one way or another. And that because what happens is that when we start using all our senses and that we become dense. We become so dense that we becoming a vibrational tool in itself as this denseness. And so what I'm saying is that what happens is that the loud car music, the thumping of a music will hit us and it will verberate off us and keep verberating off of us until it's an irritation because we sense it, we feel it, we know it, we know it's there, but that's not what we're looking for. We're not looking for that in our life. So if just become being and we don't just allow things to flow and actually become transparent to all living things, all sounds and everything else and let things just flow through us. We don't have to feel everything to know everything. I'm in control of my mind and my thoughts and therefore I can direct my attention where I want and ignore all disturbances, including your buzz. Now, how many people would you like to tell this to? How many people would you like to look at them and say, your buzzing does not disturb me at all? And you don't want to focus on it. And even though that they're trying to get your attention, they're trying to, to disturb you, your, your every being of you, they can't because you're in control. I'm in control of my mind and my thoughts, and therefore I can direct my attention where I want 
and ignore any disturbances, including your buzz. That's including other people's words and energy and everything. If we are in control of that, we can kind of push this back in a sense and that not even feel it, just like it's not our journey. It's not our path. Get in your own lane. Stay in your own lane. <laughs> so the elephant goes on. Now that I'm eating, I'm completely immersed in the act of eating. Huh. In this way, I can enjoy my food and chew it better. I'm in control of my attention, and therefore I can stay peaceful. So the rhythmic of eating and chewing and that kind of puts him into a meditative state and he's just enjoying his life. And this is, this is in a sense of us is that we, you know, if we just immerse ourselves in the act that we're doing and no outside interferences is going to ever bother us, our life would be so much better. How many things in your life has been ruined by outside interferences? How many things in your life has not even come close to being enjoyable because of outside interferences in that. We gobble up our food really fast so that we can get to our next job. We, we eat things really fast. We do things fast so we can get to our next thing. But if we immerse ourselves and let our mind be quiet and just thought, stop thinking for a bit, everything's going to come easier and you'll stay so much peacefuler. And I, I love that idea about that elephant. And, and using an elephant, what a great concept in that because, you know, they're supposed to be docile and quiet in that, but they're big animals that could hurt you. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they're not scared of har hardly anything in this world. But if you use your own energy, you'll see how big you are too, and nothing should probably bother you or scare you in this world. So now let's go back to what the disciple, you know, as he's listening to the story and that the disciple, upon hearing these words, the disciple's eyes opened wide and a smile appeared on his face. He looked at his teacher and said, I now understand my mind will always be in constant unrest if my five senses and whatever is happening in this world around me are in control of it. On the other hand, if I'm in command of my five senses, able to discard sense impressions, discard the sense impressions, and able to control my thoughts, my mind will become calm, and I will be able to discard its restfulness and let it go. Let go of that restfulness. That His teacher says, yes, that's right, the teacher answered. The mind is restless and goes wherever the intention goes. Control your attention and control your mind. Control your attention and control your mind. Remember, attention goes where <clears throat> our energy goes and our mind goes. Everything goes where the intention has been placed. So you start looking at this and, and going, okay, so... There's an intentions that go with everything that we do. What if I told you that anxiety comes from intentions? You know, anxiety controls a lot of things that we, that goes on with us. 
you know, and sometimes we go, how do we control our attentions? You know, how do we control our attentions when you're feeling anxious? How do you control that? You know, I just caught myself scrolling up and down on emails and I know it's important, but at the same time, I really am thinking about my next task. I mean, I do this constantly and I don't even finish reading the, the emails sometimes. I think I'm going through some tight anxiety where I just look at something and already know the ending. And that's interesting when I say I think I already know the ending. So once we start looking at this and you start saying, I already know how it's going to end. That's something different. <laughs> because not everything, we start putting and lumping things into one category. Of, well, this is what they're writing about. This is how it's going to end. This is uh, it's not always that. And I will keep telling everybody that I meet and tell everybody around you that the problem is, and I'm not saying it's a problem, but the, the issue is, in, in, in many ways, is we create our own anxiety and our own anxiousness. And what if this anxiousness that we're creating is a chakra imbalance? So let's say, like, we feel it in our, in our belly area. And let's say our power center chakra is out of balance. So, and it starts vibrating and it starts, you know, uh, not working correctly and everything else. It becomes un, out of balance and that. Like a tire, you know, ever see a tire that's out of balance? It just kind of wobbles, wobble, wobble, wobble. And we look at that and maybe that's what's happening to that, our chakra. And that's why the anxiousness comes is because now our power center is being taken away. It's, you know, we, we have so many issues that we take upon ourselves and that in a power center is one of those big ones but what is the vibration of the feeling like we are part of this this big picture and all of a sudden it scares us and we lose our power and we we're not really sure where to go with it and that becomes anxious and overwhelming for us that's because it's a sensory overload we use way too many of our senses it, why do we use so many? Well, that's that's funny. It's because we've been taught that all our lives. You're a sensitive person. You're a sensitivity. You have to use your senses. But then when you start adding your empathic to your sensitivity, when you start adding empathic to your sensitivity, it changes everything. Because what happens that when you, now you are an empathic person, you start understanding that you feel other people's stuff. So now you're starting to feel their senses too. Isn't that interesting? We all do that. You know, we all start feeling that way. When, as an empath, we feel other people's pain. Now, the dictionary says, you know, that the ability to understand and share the feelings of others, that's what empath stands for. But is it really? You know, could it even be like a cognitive, emotional, and comprehensive feeling? Hmm. I wonder what empath really means. <clears throat> the term empath is used to describe a wide range of experiencing emotions 
Researchers generally define empathy as the ability to sense other people's emotion, coupled with the ability to imagine what someone else might be thinking or feeling. Not everybody is built that way. Not everybody is built that way. So let's go back to the elephant. The fly is not built like the elephant, right? The fly was born that way. He, that's the only life he knows. This fly only knows how to react and act to the situation by buzzing around and, and disturbing people. That is his life purpose, to do that. Imagine now if the fly stopped being like that and became an empath and would land on a, on a elephant and go, oh, I'm so sorry, man, I didn't mean to... Uh, bother you and that with my buzzing and that but that's just who I am and we can accept that because that is part of the culture of the flies is buzzing I mean it's not like they're doing it automatically or are they doing it automatically remember the ability to sense other people's emotions coupled with the ability to imagine what someone else might be thinking or feeling so if a fly starts thinking about that and starts thinking I wonder what how that makes me feel now, the fly has never lived as an elephant. So he has to just use his examples of his experience in a lifetime to figure out where he comes from and what this is all about. So as a fly's experience, which is very short because flies don't live that long, but as a fly's experience in that, they're going to take this through their own eyes. So an empath takes it, looks at it through their own eyes, and starts realizing how they feel about it. Now, you start thinking about this, okay? If you're using your own experiences to wonder how somebody feels about something, what does that do to your body? Anybody want to answer that? Well, what happens is we take upon everything. Now, spirituality can cause physical damage, and physical damage can cause spiritual damage. Yeah, we know that. We, we have examples of that over and over in many different people in that. But how do we help with that? What is the best way to overcome that? You know? Can we just show empathy? Yeah. So here's a couple ways that you can do it. You know, listen with a goal to understand. Most of the time, people just need to feel heard. Okay? Now, with each one of these things, I want you to think about this. Are we taking upon ourselves their experience when we start showing empathy for somebody? You know, ask questions with general curio uh, genuine curiosity. Ask that questions. Uh, you're being curious about. Are you okay? How do you feel? Get to know your audience before you make any assumptions of anything. Just be present. Show up. I have a dear friend that he that's his favorite thing. Just show up. Just show up. That's him. That's who he is. I love it. But be present. Just show up. Be there for that person. Hold space for them. You don't have to do nothing. You don't have to take and fix anything. Most time people just want to be heard. They don't want to be fixed. There's nothing to fix. <laughs> let go of your bias. You don't be biased about anything. I mean, just let go of it. Just listen to them. That's their life. That's their journey. That's theirs. Don't take it on. Stay in your own lane. Don't take on other people's journeys. It's theirs. 
refrain from offering unsolidified solidified advice. I don't know why I can't say that word today. That's really weird, but refrain from it. Don't be offering it. It's unsolicited. Oh, there's the word. I just said it. It's unsolicited. They didn't ask for that. They just want to be heard. They want that. They don't want you to feel this. I couldn't imagine my sadness in my heart. If anybody would feel how sad I was in my heart after my mom passed away and that that's mine, not anybody else's, but mine. I don't want anybody else to feel that way. I love people. Well, I love souls. I don't love people. You guys know that. But I love souls. Look them in the eye when you talk to them. Be very observant of what you're doing and watching them and looking at them. Make them know that you notice them and you're there for them. Acknowledge their feelings. I mean, you can acknowledge their feelings. You can go look at them and say, yes, I <laughs> Yeah, I acknowledge that. I, I believe that. I believe that that's how you're feeling and everything else. But that's, that's not anything about you. Don't be talking about yourself. Because the more you talk about yourself, the more you're putting it on yourself. And all of a sudden, you're becoming their journey. Don't make your their journey your journey. Don't make that. You can open up about some similar experiences. But let's kind of keep it to them, okay? You say, well, I can understand because so-and-so, because this, that, and everything else. That. But it's it's always tough way to seem to look focused on another person, you know? But yet, in a sense, when you say, that, well, there's something similar to it, it may help a little bit, but don't overtake the conversation. Practice mindfulness. Well, Mindfulness is a practice purposely focusing on your attention on present moment. I mean, that's what we do. I mean, present moment, this is present, this is now, and everything else. Practice that. Stay in the now. Actually talk to them that it's in there now. And I think it'll go over so much better. Accept their opinion. <laughs> Accept their ideas. And that People forcing their opinions on others is the reason why this world is so messed up right now. I have nothing I want to force anything on anybody. I have nothing I want to push upon anybody. I believe in being an omnism, an omnist. I believe that everybody has a purpose and a right. But this goes the same way is that if you have to live vicariously through somebody that they're going through the pain that a fly has no idea how an elephant would handle it while an elephant has no idea how a fly would handle it. But they do understand how they would handle it. That's the big picture right there. They understand how they would handle it. Everybody here understands how they can handle it. But you have to remember, it's not how you handle it on the outside. It's how you handle it in the inside. Try out on try out someone's life. I mean, this is interesting. Is that if it's you can ask enough questions and to look at them and, and, you know, even try the shoes on and everything. Don't take it on. Just try them. Just try it. Okay. And I really hate the word try. I mean, I always, what I always show is I, I give somebody my glasses. I say, here, try taking it. And they grab it. And I was like, no, you're taking it. Try it. There's no such thing as try. But in this sense that we don't want to indulge yourself we don't want to walk in their shoes or anything else but we want to know what it feels like or looks like to walk in their shoes for just a, a little bit 
and then get a glimpse of it. Because something that grows up in a wonderful world, they had a wonderful childhood and everything else, would have no idea how to handle somebody that has grown up in abusive life. I don't know how that feels. We experience things to help other people. We experience things to help other people. But that's our own experiences. We don't need to experience other people's problems. I had a client one time that all her life she imagined that she was raped as a young child. And she experienced that over and over in her lifetime. We did some regression. We did some uh, soul retrievals. And we come to find out that it wasn't even her trauma. It was somebody else's trauma. She was living vicariously through. She saw and felt another child's trauma. And she thought, and she took it on as hers. I mean, she didn't know any better at the time. None of us do, but she did. She took it on. But what she did was she focused on this so much of that, that throughout her life, she found out that it probably even wasn't her. It was not her. It was another child's life that she was feeling the same thing. You know, but it wasn't her. So you have to understand that that when we start letting go and we start cutting cords and that from the past, that that we have to find our own life, but we live in our life of now. Because there's things in the past may never have happened that we worry about. There's things now that we worry about that may never happen. But why worry about the past that may not even been our journey? We get so confused as we get older on our journey and other people's journeys. Just stay in our own lane. Ask how you can help. That is one of the biggest things. I, I think words like I always, I'm always there for you, hear you. And if you need any help, I'm just a phone call away. Can you be reassuring? Blah, 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 blah. I, I always say I'm a text away because I hate phones. I hate talking on phones and everything else. But yeah, that's, that's the, a big thing right now is that, you know, how can I help you? You know, I, I, I don't know what they need. They have to tell me. It's the whole concept of that. I don't want to second guess is what, what they're worried about, what they're thinking about. Because now, remember, we use our own, our own little mind that we've experienced in that. And so now we have to figure out and ask them, what, what do you, what do you need? Because I have no idea. <laughs> You know, we've, I've experienced, and this is what I need to feel I need it, but that's not, that's not the truth. The truth isn't that we need to experience everybody's life. That's not the truth. That's not how we help people. We experience our own. And once we experience our own, we become so prone to what is ours and what is other people's and that. There's a thing that I've used most of my life is cancel, cancel, cancel. I mean, if we get to something that I believe that I shouldn't say or shouldn't do or anything else, I put it out there in the universe, I go cancel, cancel, cancel. And I've been doing that with other people's feelings for a long time. I either say not mine, not mine, not mine three times or cancel, cancel, cancel. And I have that in my head that, that when I want to delete that my mind knows that now that when i want to delete something that's what i say cancel 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 so what do we do what do we do as empaths what do we do with it and that what is the story of the fly and the elephant has to do with anything actually well 
it has a lot to do with our life and that we take a look at things that, you know, who's the fly, who's the elephant in our life? And are we bothering people by buzzing around in them because that's our nature of who we are? Is it, is it so bad that when you go home after a peaceful day at office and that, <laughs> that's a joke, after maybe a peaceful day of doing meditation that and you go to home, to your home where there's so much chaos, somebody's pacing around the house, somebody's, you know, uh, has a lot of questions, um, you know, there's a lot of this. Now, remember, words are supposedly spells, right? But if you're trying to be relaxed and calm and that, and these bugs are flying around and that, you can be intently listening to somebody, but yet peaceful inside because you don't let this bother you. You know, the physical identification with the vicarious experiencing of emotion, thoughts, and attitudes of another is being in the path, okay? I mean, you know, we are empathic to so many people, but do we cut the cords of these empathic people? Hmm. Interesting. Did you realize that every time you thought about, hey, I want to send you some love, or you care about somebody, or you really start wanting to send out love to somebody, that you're sending an attachment to them? It's a good attachment. Yes, it is. But imagine it stays on there, and it stays on there, and it manifests, and all of a sudden you start feeling other things in that. you got to learn to cut those cords. Visualization Archangel Michael, who's the one that carries the sword, the Archangel that carries the sword, or however you want, what your belief system or whatever you believe in that. Abraham, Jesus, whoever you believe in, come and cut the sword, the, the cables for you. And understand that all cables that need to be there will never stay away. They'll come back up. They'll show back up. I had a client the other day who was having some issues in the female plumbing area. Yeah, I have an issue with talking about that. Yes, I do. I, I admit it. But when I was doing a scan on her, I noticed that her right ovary just looked like it was out of place. It looked like it was foggy and everything else. And I says, huh, right ovary, male side. We started talking about um, males in her life, and her children in her life. And come to find out that, yeah, there has been some stuff going on in her life that, you know, was not so nice, you know. And and uh, she's also having one of her kids move out of the house and that. And so the attachments are, are there. And she's been codependent on this, on her child for a long time. And that. So she can feel the angst of this. And so it's pulling at her ovaries and that. And it's giving her some issues of that area. Now... I've never, I'm not a woman, I'm a man. I've never experienced female issues like that. I don't know what it would feel like, but I could visualize and conception of, of what I think it could be, and then she could make it her own. Not my own, it's not mine. But that's the thing is that working in this as a, as a medical intuitive or working with people that when you look at energy and you feel energy, you start to get to know energy in that. You're going to know what's yours and what's not yours. That's something you practice at on an everyday basis because you will go nuts if you don't. 
And every time I go through a little heartache or I start having chest pains again, right away I understand that I need to change some of my thinking, the way I'm living, and something. Something has to change that for my own health. So I've been working really hard on, on my health lately, and that it's really interesting is that I am putting a, a good effort to eat better, to move around, to get some exercise and things like that. But I'm also working on my mental health and my spiritual health. Yeah, spiritual and mental health, both of them working on that. Impasse work on both levels. Understand that what you take in is what you put out. Remember that. I always remember the thought that what we put out, we get 10 times back. I, I love that. So I want to put only positive love and caring out to everybody. And that, that's, that's one of the things that working with the heart is you want to do. You don't want to add any negativity to it. You want all positive work to it. But I digress. It's been a really wonderful day today. It's, it's in the 100 degrees here in Arizona and that and... It's interesting how <laughs> how we, uh, you know, kind of just create our own life here. And, and, yeah, the pool's right down the street here. And I can, I mean, I love this. This is, this is the way I want to live. But this is also the positive way aspect. You know, I always been asked, how do I know I'm empath? Or what do I do as an empath? That, so... Some of my belief in that is elements of it being the empath, understanding others, along with a slash understanding yourself, developing others, slash developing yourself, having a service orientation, slash believing in knowing your service orientation, leveraging diversity and political awareness. Now, this is interesting because these are these are elements that people talk about all the time. And and right now, as an empath, and that we have to be aware of what we're saying, how we talk, and everything else. That know the room, and that and that's why this last one, the political awareness. We just have to be. Um, we just have to be concerned and aware of other people's feelings. And that's that's all it is. It's just how their feelings are. And that just, I stray away from political or, or religious, anything religious in, in conversations because it just turns out to be an anger thing and, and it just splits people up. So I'm in the middle of everything. I don't, I don't say everybody's right. I don't say everybody's wrong. I just, I believe in what I believe in in my heart. And it has nothing to do with political it's just, I believe what's in my heart. But I wanted to end this podcast with some beautiful words, okay? Words of love, connection, and just being. And that. I want you guys to think about just for today's, okay? You guys understand that just for today's, right? Everybody gets that just for days. No? Now, just for today was uh, what helped me with all getting through where I am today. And I love that because 
just for today was uh, first learned through Reiki. You know, as a Reiki principles, you know, we we believe in what we believe in, and it could be a principle or it could not be. I mean, it's just it's just interesting. But there's actually Reiki principles that I truly, truly believe in. And if you want, you want to know the five principles, and everything was just for today, and that means because we're staying in our now for everything. So the five Prince Reiki principles are just for today, I do not worry. You know, that's a big help. Just for today, I do not anger. No, nothing angers me. This is being transparent. This is allowing everything to flow through us. Just for today, I'll be humble. I am a humble person. I believe in my being a humble person. Just for today, be honest. That's, I don't lie, that's for sure. And so I am honest. Just for today, be compassionate towards yourself and others. That's a big one. <laughs> Just for today, I will earn a living honestly. It's like cheating, lying, stealing. That doesn't help your soul in any which way, shape, or form. Being arrogant, it doesn't help either. And that's what I'm going to leave you with. It's one of the biggest things I want you to understand. Are you confident or are you arrogant? Find out. Check that out. See what you think you, you are. You are loved and I am blessed. This is Rod Lyman from the Reiki Academy in Phoenix, Arizona. See me at ReikiRod.com. And just enjoy yourself. Have a beautiful day. You are loved. <laughs>